you don't look as Amish or, you know, I guess you could say Greek, but I mean, uh, more Amish. You look more Amish this morning. I did. The suspenders were, I don't know. I like the suspenders. I think I they're did, like man. a nice, you know, I've done uh, it behind the bar. I thought it looked cool, you know, but I probably look like a douche. Well, you look a little bit live, laugh, love, but that's you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that's what I try and, you know, I live life by that. And love life. Well, I think I think our world right now needs a little bit of live, laugh, love. It's you know true. what I mean? It's true. I think, I think, you know, we need to let black people live. Uh, yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And then um, let people, let everyone laugh, right? Yeah. You know, yep. especially people on, well, not people on ventilators, but, um, and then That'd we need, rough. and then cops need to love people, you know? It just, it needs to happen. But we're not going to get too, I don't want to get too political on this show. No, I feel like that's just a bad move. Yeah, no, but I mean, I think that's a good, that's a good way to go, right? Live, laugh, love. <laughs> for for everybody at home that isn't aware, uh, Seth has live, laugh, love tattooed on his body. And, I do, uh, it's fantastic. Uh... So I showed up in suspenders. This is still loud, dude. This is still loud. But that's all right. We'll figure it out. It's not too bad. Um, yeah, I, I showed up in suspenders, and uh, Seth showed up with his tattoo that's on his body for life, live, laugh, love. So let's just... Hey, man. You know, at the time, I felt it was necessary. All right? I was like, man, you know, this is really, this is really it, you know? Yeah, no, it's... No, it's, it's a good move. It's a good move, dude. Yeah, perfect. I I say, let's get it. Let's get into the show. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, I want to talk about some of these restaurants that have closed because of COVID nineteen. Um, that that's really why this podcast started. You know what I mean? I was I was sitting the number at, one reason. sitting on my couch and I'm like, how how am I going to survive if the restaurant that I'm at doesn't open back up right you know i'm starting back at school i have all these expenses and the place that i was working at closed down you know in march and we had no idea what the future was going to look like mm-hmm. and places just started dropping like flies man that majorly like flies like uh how long has Pazaluna been around i would say 20 20 years yeah i think they've been around 20 years dude yeah. 20 years and they, and they're owned by Morrissey restaurant groups and here's the thing about that place they were always packed they were always packed um and not only that but i mean their bigger brother st paul grill right across the street you know <sighs> dude unbelievable that, it, when i saw that article first come out i don't i don't i don't know if i saw an article about it to begin with but it was like some facebook post it was like my whole heart dropped into my stomach because that was like an absolute staple of the same. A huge Paul. staple. So I mean, you you were the head chef there for a while. How long were you the head chef there? Um, I was I was actually just just a sous. Just oh, hanging. you were the sous there. Okay. Yeah. Just yeah. hanging. How long? Um, I was probably there for a year and a half. Year and a half. Yeah. And well, who Kevin Roos is the guy. Kevin Roos is the chef de cuisine, the the chef there. He was the chef there. He was the chef. So yeah. here's a crazy thing about it, dude. Like, they've been around for so long that there's no way that they were renting that building. Like, where... I think that when people look at the restaurant business, like, they're always like, yeah, the margins are thin and it's hard to make money. But, like, they don't really realize how thin the margins are. And honestly, sometimes restaurants have accumulated debt trying to get going. Right. But with a place like Pazaluna, it's like it's huge, it's busy. They've it's gotten huge. everything so efficient that yeah. like, how does a place like that fail? And they were doing yearly celebrations, the uh, the Italy tours with the all the Ferraris and all that kind of stuff that came down. I mean, they were doing big things, man, with the ice park there. I I don't understand. It's unbelievable. It. I don't understand it at Mm-mm. all. What, who is it, who are they owned by? Uh, it's Morrissey Hospitality. Well, who's like? Do we know anybody who runs Morrissey at all? I don't think I do anymore. I think when we talk to Kevin, we should we should get somebody from Morrissey in here so we can get yeah. the lowdown because it's scary for people out there. Uh, I mean, well, I, to see an establishment like that just yeah. freaking close its doors. 
unbelievable. And it was like it was like two weeks into the closure too. Yeah. It yeah. was not. It was not in like okay, we've been closed for four months. We don't know what's going. It was like two two weeks in. They're like, nope, no more Pazaluna, no oh, more right. Italian food in downtown St. Paul. Like it's not happening. Sorry. Well, and I mean the employees there, they've been there for you know some of them since open. Yeah. Like unbelievable. Yeah. Well, and so um, when everything closed down, I was working for Madison. Um, so I was working, you know, basically uh, Justin Sutherland yep. was the guy yep. who was owning that restaurant group. And you could see him able to kind of move things around. Like he reopened, um, he reopened Handsome Hog up where the Fitz used to be. Looks beautiful. It's gorgeous, dude. Looks it's beautiful. Gorgeous. Honestly, if you were to go inside that kitchen and like go underneath, it used to be a school. So they have like they have like four walk-ins downstairs. They have wow. like this little wine room that they're gonna uh, build into like you know an exclusive like wine dinner, right. wine wine cellar kind of sell a hundred bucks a ticket kind of yep. deal. I think. Yep. Um, and they have they have a like a butcher cooler where they have like a triple sink in the cooler and like that's cool it's it's a beautiful restaurant anyways he used to have that and it's like his staple restaurant yeah um like on like right across from mears park right next to public right uh right next to where faces used to be yeah and he's been able to like move his money around you know it's like i don't i don't really know him like that he called me a somali cab driver once which I'm assuming is a term of endearment. We're gonna have him on the show, so <laughs> I can only assume it. He's, he's, he's a buddy, <laughs> but um, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like intimately aware of where his money is going and all that. But he's come out of it on the other side. Well, right? yes. And uh, the you know any restaurants that he has closed, most of the people that were employed there are now employed somewhere else that he's reopening or he's you under know, the he's, umbrella. Yeah, he's in the he's uh, partnered up with uh, Brian Ingram and he's going to the Nome. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of people who are working at Public going to the Nome. But at Pazaluna, it's like you would think that that someone would someone would be able to turn money from the St. Paul Hotel over to Pazaluna or or something like that. I mean, they do the catering for XL too. That's so insane, dude. Yep. I don't understand how that can happen. I don't and it's scary to me as a chef how cuz I think they still have Tria and Kendall's Steakhouse. I'm pretty sure. They own Kendall's? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that doesn't make sense, dude. No. Doesn't make sense. And then they uh, have... I need a representative from uh, from Morrissey Restaurant Group to come on to the show and explain to me what the fuck you're doing. Honestly. So, yeah. All right. Well, we got through our first F-bomb of the show. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be a lot of those, dude. I mean, it's not going to be... When I was uh, uploading episode zero onto YouTube, it was like, is this the show for children? Probably not, man. No. Probably not. Episode zero would have been. Yeah, but I it mean, was pretty, it was I, I just want to set a standard. Yeah, you let people. Chill. I don't want people going. Oh, hey, yeah, episode zero is super kid friendly. Now Christos <laughs> talking about you know smoking meth on the line or some crazy shit. You know. But uh, yeah, somebody from Morrissey come in and explain to me what the hell is going on. And we might be able to hear it from Kevin too. You know, um, but I mean, Kevin's laid off. I mean, Kevin. So. Yeah, he's just collecting unemployment. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's starting somewhere new, right? Not that I know of. No? No. Shit. Yeah. Shit, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, just the talent. Just hanging out. It's a bummer. It's, it's, it's not just a bummer. It's freaking scary, dude. Yep. Because, you know, whatever you want to think about COVID, whatever your opinions are on COVID, it's not over. Oh, it's right? not over at all. Like, I think I looked on the CDC website, and in the U.S., I didn't look in Minnesota, but in the U.S., there was like... 55,000 new cases in a day. I mean, yeah. that's, it's not over. We're, we're it's in, not over at all. We're in the thick of it, and we're reopening everything, and it's po it's very possible that we'll have to uh, shut everything down again. Well, there's already places closing down. Um, you know, Lexington already had a scare. Oh, yeah, so that's right. That's they right. closed their doors. Well, who, who was it? Who was it that we saw yesterday? It was the Lexington, and it was one other person. Ah, uh, uh, shit. Can't remember. But the, uh, yeah. They reopened like the 8th, I think, or something like that. And they're already down because one of their staff 
had COVID and you have yeah. to shut down. You well, can't, yeah. you can't, you know. Well, and then I don't even know how that goes, like the testing and all that. Do you have to test all your employees? You know what I mean? Like, because you can't obviously reopen and no. then have someone that like goes back to work yeah. and then boom. Yeah. Like, well, for, for everybody like wondering about the amount of time that you have to do to reopen a restaurant, I mean, unbelievable. When you have things, uh, when you have things like, especially in the in a building like the Lexington, where it's like it's old pipe works, your you know your hoods are going to be off. There's going to be no the air circulating. You have to reclean everything. <laughs> you have to sanitize everything. You have these huge. I mean, they have a wood fire grill that you got to mm-hmm. pull out. They have you know three French tops that they have to pull out. It's like you need to be sure that you're going to be open. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like. Man, I'm I'm actually I'm I'm curious to talk to Jack a little bit. I know he's not super involved with the Lexington right now because everything that's going on with his health, but uh, I'm I'm interested to talk to him to see kind of what he thinks is going on. Right. Because and I know he has some probably great insight about it. I yeah, I'm excited to talk to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be next week. Yeah, that'll be next week. We're we're gonna inter- interview him in just a couple days, I think. Yep, I think so. Yeah, I have a lot of questions for him. He's he's going to be a great guest, dude. I'm excited about that. But yeah, the Lexington closed, and then Keegan's, yeah. Keegan's. Keegan's was the other place. Yep. And it's just it's just the first of many, man. Well, I mean, and to bring back, I mean, earlier this this whole break, we had we had Bachelor Farmer and Marvel. They they closed for good. They're done. They closed for good. Like they're done. And they were an absolute staple. They were, well, I, maybe staples the wrong I think, word. I think that they were the start to the North Loop. They they really yeah. they they brought North Loop to what it is. Um, I feel they were the start to it, um, personally. Yeah. Well, I mean, they they were doing amazing things. What you had a lot of facts about them. So you were you're telling me about their executive chef one. James yeah. I mean, I mean, they're they're. Their first executive chef, um, one a James Beard there, um, which, I mean, first off is huge. It's a huge deal. Yeah, and then I mean their opening bar manager. Oh, uh, quick, quick! I just want to get on everybody's ass who goes, "Oh yeah, well if you have money, you can uh, basically buy a James Beard." What? It's not how it works. No, it's not how it works. You have to have skill. You have to be able to sell your food. You have to have skill, right? right. And. And if we're not, if we're gonna base it on an award, nobody, nobody has a Michelin star in Minnesota. No. So James Beard is what we go by, and that's impressive. Sorry, yep. I had to interrupt you a little bit, but continue. Um, and that was um, that was Paul Bergen. So um, other than that, the um, founding bartender, the lead bartender, went on to be uh, like the number one world bartender. Um, was he from Marvel Bar? Yeah. Yeah. Marvel Bar. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't. That was Pimp Hansen. <laughs> Pimp Hansen. Yeah, Pimp Hansen. <laughs> I'm not sure where Pip is, so um, you know, if anybody knows where Pip is, please let us know. <laughs> where in the world is Pip? Dude, that's a T-shirt. It is. That's a T-shirt. It Merch. Is. Because I mean, last time I heard, he was he was still in England, so. What? Just chilling? Just eating fish and chips and. <laughs> Uh, he, in Manchester? <laughs> uh, you know, something like that. Uh, With a name like Pip, he'd blend right in, wouldn't he? Yeah, he was he was running um, Artisian, um, which is a very, very nice bar. Well, if he's doing that, I mean, stay there because shit is going down here. It's true. it's true. That places are burning. <laughs> but in some places, quite literally, you know? It's true. Quite literally. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that with the Bachelor Farmer and Marvel Bar closing down, it's it it shines a light on how that industry is operating, at least in our city right now. I mean, I think it's all all over the world, but I think in in the in the Twin Cities metro area, things are tight. Oh, yeah, dude, things are tight, and they have been tight for a really long time. Yeah, and I mean, they closed down for the sole fact they don't know what's going to happen, what's in the future, if it's going to go back to normal, what is normal. Like, so they decided to shut their doors. That's totally cool. understandable. I mean, I, I because it, you yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, man, 
as far as what I've been seeing, these restaurants closing, it's fine dining is hurting. Yeah, that's scary, man. Super scary. I mean, I, I, I'm scared for the Lexington right now because they really, they really only opened, what was it, four years ago? Uh, yeah, I think they just celebrated four years. And they were bringing, they were bringing back like high-end supper club food, where it was and like beautiful you, supper club. Food. I mean, I'm Amazing. talking. Uh, so I worked, I worked there for a total of I think, eighteen months in in total, because I was I was working there, and then I went out and and worked somewhere in uh, like in the Adina area at an Italian place, and then uh, came back to the Lexington, and. It was just consistently amazing food. Mm-hmm. Jack was, you know, hammering down and making sure that the food was super great. And, it, and yeah. he had started to build up, like, serious, serious following. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, because you'd go there. That and, fucking burger, dude? Dude. Dude. The burger alone. Oh, my God. Man. I forgot about the burger. I mean, I was their opening lead bartender. Yeah. And I, man, I love that place. Yeah. I love it. I still love it. I mean, every, every station was hardcore. And here's the thing about the Lexington that a lot of people don't understand is that the Lexington had that huge dining area. Mm-hmm. Then it had the side room, whatever they call it. The, the Williamsburg. The, William, the Williamsburg. Get over yourself. So it had, no, it, it's nice. It's nice. It had a piano. It was gorgeous. It was a nice place. You know, you would have Toma like kind of <laughs> crouched in the corner like, hey, and you'd be like, Jesus Christ, dude, what are you doing? Get yeah, you want a free drink? <laughs> Here, uh, let me give you a little tour around the place. No, Tony, Toma's a friend of the show, okay? But we're pretty sure... We love Toma. Yeah, but we're pretty sure he's Nosferatu incarnate. So, um, no, but I mean, it's like the Lexington was a big... So it's a huge place, and it's got it's got the Williamsburg room. It's got an upstairs where it's got... The banquet. Multiple banquet, banquet rooms. And then Jack was constantly doing off-site catering. Mm-hmm. So it's like you'd walk in there and you'd go to the basement, which is like one of the one of the huge. biggest operations that I've seen in the huge. Twin Cities. Huge, beautiful. I'm trying to think, I mean, the Handsome Hogs, like their actual like downstairs is more for storage, uh-huh. right? They have a couple walk-ins, but the Lexington just had like one huge. Dude, I had two walk-ins for myself. Yeah, it was crazy. Like. It's crazy. I mean, they were doing so much. And now we're not sure what the future is going to be with it. Well, not at all. I mean, and that's the scariest thing because, I mean, that's, that's, I love, I love St. Paul. Like, and I love Grand Avenue. Yeah. Um, you know, ever since I was young, that's, that was the number one place I wanted to work. And back in the day, it was like, you could only work there if you knew someone. That was back yeah. before they reopened. Yeah. Like, it was like some kind of weird cult thing I always thought. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Instead, I was working at Tree Up in North Oaks. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah. Yeah. I have a buddy who's the Sioux out there right now. Alex. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I actually want to have him on the show because I kind of... I know Andrew, their, their GM. Okay. There. Yeah. I think he was... We... Actually, you might, too. He was at the Lexington. He was one of the servers. Oh, maybe I know him. Mm-hmm. Maybe I know him. Skydiving guy? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's at Tria now. Yeah. Tria is a great place. Tria is awesome. Tria is a great place. It's I... basically a place where they launder the money from Norfolk. <laughs> That's what it is. It is legit. It's a, it's a front it so for the legit. mob. It is so legit. No, it's really good food. I man. love that place. It's really good food. And it's what? It's like right off of Highway 96? I I think so, I think man. so, yeah. I think you know, what I, I, I remember going there. It was my first my first job. Like in in like a fine dining restaurant. Really was Tria. Really, I staged and like I the at the time it was um, Chef Joan Ida, and she was a British chef, still is around, but wow. she um she, so I was staging and she just like I had such a rough time, and she let me come back and then I rose. I mean I, I I made big things there. You did rise, dude. Yeah. So. Yeah, dude, I'm having problems with my mind. Sorry, everybody at home. Yeah, we are still figuring stuff out a little bit. You know what I mean? I want to mm-hmm. be loud enough, but I don't want to like break into the mic. Now, see, Alex told me that his his head chef there carried on the line. Like he had a con- he had a conceal and carry permit, and then he died of a of an aneurysm. What? Yeah, yeah. So it's like one of those. It's one of those kitchens. We'll edit that out. We're probably not going to, but we're, we'll edit that out. We oh. got, we got, it is the 4th of July, so we have uh, some uh, protesters or 
something going on. Uh, probably just room. a parade. Possibly a parade. Great. We timed this perfectly, dude. I feel like we did. Well, here, this is a good time to go to uh, uh, go to an app. Yeah, our first ad, dude. I'm so excited. There you go. All right, cool. You know what I need done, Seth? What's that? I need my car detailed, okay? I need everything. I need the outside. I need the inside. I need my car looking good. You know where I'm going to go? Where are you going to go? I'm going to go to Advanced Auto Works. It's on 3171 Spruce Street in Little Canada, Minnesota, 55117. And you can look up the address online and find it on Google Maps. The dude usually does all of the car dealerships around the area. He does wet sand and buffing paint touch-ups ceramic coating the whole nine yards you go to this place it's called advanced auto works and you they'll take care of you uh tell them we sent you because we're from minnesota well done with seth and christos thanks guys all right parade's over it's true well happy fourth of july <laughs> man you too america <laughs> we did america we did we made it another year um Jeez. Missing my freedom chips and America sauce. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I might, and I'm not. That's not my style. You know what I mean? I like freedom to, chips and America sauce. Yeah, freedom chips and America. No, I mean, I like freedom. Don't oh. get me wrong. I like freedom, and uh, I like America. Mm -hmm. But as a sauce, I mean, a sauce American. I like a sauce American. Yeah, you know I mean, but that's uh, it's French, so. I was thinking more ranch and Doritos ranch. Wow. Which would be yeah. America's finest. Yeah, that is very American, isn't it? I feel like it's freedom chips and America sauce. Well, you know, it's like people don't really understand how important corn is to this country. Uh, I mean, we can get into it a little bit now, but I think it's probably better that we actually have an episode set aside for Strictly corn specifically. For corn. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm going, I'm going back to school. I'm going to be a plant and microbial biologist, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the big things uh, that got me back into it is this country's love affair with corn. I mean, because we're... So much corn. We're growing so much corn that we need to find stuff to use it for. And it's everything subsidized so people continue to, to grow corn because it's the only thing that they can make any money off of. Mm -hmm. you know and then so then you have to make it into corn chips and corn syrup and you do love myself some corn chips it's i mean i i'm not even hating on the corn chips i mean i am hating on the I corn chips a little it. bit a little bit it's just that the, the system right now is set up in a way where we need to process corn i mean and and any corn that doesn't make the grade gets turned into ethanol and then it gets sold that way and people are still like really struggling to survive as farmers yeah so let's get back into the episode a little bit i want to talk about your gnocchi recipe because i can't seem to figure it out what are you what are you doing with it so i used your recipe i don't know if i think we'll put the recipe on the patreon i think that now's now's a good time to uh bring up the patreon we're at patreon.com dash minnesota well done and uh you can sign up for a five dollar membership and that's just to support us and then a ten dollar me membership will get you special episodes and then a twenty dollar membership will get you free merch and uh we have some extra special episodes so we're going to be doing some extra content uh yep. for the show and uh we're going to be doing some pov cooking and uh we're probably I i'm going to try to get into some of the people that we interview i'm going to try to get into their kitchens and like you know tape them a little bit doing what they do what they do best so yeah that's patreon.com minnesota uh patreon.com dash minnesota well done and uh yeah it's we need your support please <laughs> <laughs> yeah so okay so we'll put the recipe on the patreon but i followed your recipe specifically now for everybody at home usually when you make gnocchi you start with potatoes mm -hmm. right and this recipe so basically gnocchi is a little potato dumpling you take your you take your potatoes you you boil them you you know you put them through a chinois or put them through a, a sieve ricer. yeah a ricer you know you want to get them as small and then very little grain and then you mix it with flour and you make a little dumpling and then you boil it right mm -hmm. but your recipe is uh, a little bit more like deep cut Italian right like yep. this is something that goat cheese ricotta yeah so and it softens up the gnocchi I mean it just becomes like a little pillow oh they're just straight pillows so. Yeah. 
I guess, I don't know. There's a lot to go wrong. So explain to me how you make the gnocchi. I mean, you, you start, and obviously you have to make your ricotta. Um, you make it from scratch is the best way to approach it. Okay. Um, after you have that ricotta, yeah. um, you really just add the flour, but it's very, very temperamental as far as over-mixing. Okay. Um, so you don't want to overmix it. It's just like a nice rough, because you're going to be rolling them out as well. So you're also bringing them together that way. So am I putting it in a blender at any time? No. No? No, hand mix that. Oh. All the way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You got to keep it old school. You yeah. Know? I mean, everything yeah, Everything is all old school. You want to use your hands. Okay. Um, because you feel it. Yeah. Um, you you overmix it. It probably became really gooey then. Well, it just became... It, yeah, gooey, I think, is a good word. Gummy a little bit, Gummy. too. It just was a... It, there was yeah. more to it. Yep. You know what I mean? It wasn't bad by any means. And, I mean, you still drop them in water and cook them that way. Yeah. Um, I, I think I I think part of the reason that I uh, messed it up, too, is I seared them. So, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever... After or before? What do you mean? After, obviously. After You what? boiled them and then seared them? No. You only seared them. I only seared them. I only um, seared how, that's how you cook the dough that's how i cook the dough oh yeah no well i i mean i did the boiling and the boiling just like absolutely ruined them so i had to do the sear so i did it kind of like uh tim niber he, tim niber at moochie's um I he, don't think I've had he's got he's got basically i don't even know if it's ricotta i mean it's got to be ricotta noki it's got to be ricotta noki because it's so soft it's just like a perfect pillow i mean but i he prefer gets a, sear. a ricotta so, so he gets his oil super hot and then he sears it and then you bite into it and it's an absolute pillow but, but it's got has, that little bit of that little bit of sear on it i i mean i yeah i suppose you could do that after i yeah. mean i i wouldn't i didn't do that personally but we weren't going for that right you know well i mean the biggest thing is you got to cook the egg Right? Right. And that's why you'd boil it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just, I, I don't want to boil it, I guess. I don't want to boil it. Don't make you, me boil it. You have but to. no, no, we'll go over it. I, I actually kind of want to, like, do it in front of you, and we can see where I'm going wrong. I mean, I think I, that I put it in the blender, but I really just, like, in the blender. So do you do it like a, like a nest, like you would with regular pasta, where you... No, I just hook that shit right up in there. I'm, you just throw it all into a bowl and, yeah. and mix and it, it up mix and then it roll up. it up. Yeah. 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 Okay. But it's a real rough mix. Real rough mix. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. And you definitely, I mean, you killed it with that. So when you were at bar, you had this gnocchi dish. And uh, like right when I got out of treatment, it was like, dude, one of the best things I've ever had. Yeah, with that I'm, show you. Oh, my God. Man, that show you sauce. So oh, fucking dope. What was the whole... I to be honest, remember? I don't even remember, but I remember yeah. I did a, a show you whiskey um Bachamel, right? Bachamel, yeah, I think wow. so. And then I did uh didn't I have asparagus or no, I had Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts and something else in there. Yeah, no, it was Brussels sprouts for sure. You had yeah, Brussels sprouts and I wanna say some some like you red onion. You prepared onion in some kind of way. Some way. I, I wanna say that you fried the onion so that it had some crunch because everything was so soft in the dish. I yeah. mean the Brussels had some body. Yeah. You know what I mean? But the the rest of the That was that was a phenomenal fucking, dish. Fucking dope dish. Phenomenal dish. Dope. I yeah. was so proud of that. That yeah. was a good dish. You should be you should have been. That was a good dish. You should have been, because it was a great dish. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. That's Oh man, that that dish was so good. So, uh, to the people at home, um, yeah. So I, I talked a little bit about me getting out of uh, getting out of treatment. So I just want to get this out of the way too. I mean, this is episode one, so we're gonna be like jumping around a little bit here. Um, we are gonna talk about drug use on this show. Mm. At least I'm going to be. And I'm not, you know, some of it might seem a little bit comedic at times, but if you want to, if you want to know what's going on in the restaurant industry, there's going to be some drug use. Oh, that's all it is. Yeah. I mean, majority, there's a lot of drug use. Yeah. Uh, yeah, is that change the battery pack in the main camera. Okay. So we're going to stop it again. All right, and we're back. You know, we're having we're having some technical difficulties, but it's we're, we're figuring it all out. I feel it's not that bad. 
No, I mean it's it's little things here and there. You know, one thing, my uh, both my grandmother and my mother told me that I need to stop leaning back in the chair, and I feel like the entire time I've been leaning back in the chair. Maybe are you scooting forward and leaning back? I think so. I think I'm just trying to get a little bit of, a little bit comfortable. You know, I'm trying to get into the show. I'm I'm wheeling around. You wheeling, know, I'm talking about feel like Thomas on the back of my you know on my back shoulder. Hello, would you like hey. a free drink? And I get you know. Then does I'm over your, here. Does your friend need a drink? <laughs> Steve got someone to see the place. Please come with me. No, it's. Tomo, we're we're kidding, okay? <laughs> this is a podcast. There's gonna be a comedy element to the podcast. Don't sue us, okay? <laughs> we don't, there's we don't need that. We don't have the kind of we have no money to make that we actually happen. Have no money. Speaking of no money, <laughs> uh, patreoncom Minnesota Well Done <laughs> for real. Uh, sign up. Um, as you saw, we have one sponsor right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I. We're looking for more sponsors. Hopefully, as we get more people, that's more views, more listens, uh, our sponsors will, you know, start coming out of the woodwork. But we want to do stuff. We want to, like we said in episode zero, I don't know if you guys watched it or not, we want to do more local stuff. We want to do, you know, I want imperfect produce. I want craft made aprons. I want stuff that I can, like, really get behind. I don't want to be doing, like, manscaped. You know what I mean? manscaped yeah we're already giving them ad space so let's just stop with it you know like yeah he came out with another lawn por- lawnmower 4.0 that's what i hear on all the podcasts is like you know do you like to shave your balls like oh my god man get get some else nice clean balls they're good though yeah <laughs> i'm not against clean <laughs> balls hey no okay this brings something this brings something up for everybody at home I was talking about being sweaty the other day, and you told me you weaned yourself off of deodorant. Yeah. What does yeah, that mean? Man. Are we talking? Are, it was like, it are was we really, using, there was hardcore withdrawals, obviously. Okay. I was withdrawing super hardcore. All right, I need to be very straight with you. Are we talking about drugs right now? No. We're talking yeah. about deodorant. Okay. All right. I need to make sure, because in the past, you and I <laughs> have been talking about, it's uh, true. we've been using code names for things. That, that meant completely different things. Yeah, yeah, they were very different. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's a Patreon episode. <laughs> how how Seth and I met. It's it's a it's a harrowing tale about getting through one singular shift at IE without it's you true. knowing that uh, <laughs> I was tweaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you you just stopped using deodorant. Is yeah, man. Yeah, I stopped using it. So do you, when you say you weaned yourself off, do you mean you weaned yourself off of the smell of your own bacteria growing in your armpits, or you actually um, stopped sweating? I don't know if I necessarily use "wean" as the word. Um, I would it say is, it is. It is the word you used. It is the word. It I is. needed it to be on the record that it is the word that you used. Because I was like, All right, fine, fine. I was like, man, we'll use that as the word. I'm really sweaty, and you're like, yeah. Uh, Back in high school, I weaned myself off of that long ago. Like, you're bragging about it. Dude. I do brag. Okay, so it's dope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you shave your armpits? No. No. You gotta stay. I shave my balls. <laughs> Manscaped. Manscaped. Four <laughs> point. <laughs> no, yeah. no, for real though, no, I don't shave my pits. You don't shave your pits? You don't shave your pits, so you're just you're just you got you got serious serious fumes going on. I don't think so. I can't smell you, but I drink a lot of coffee. I think that's really probably the problem. It that's messes. It. So, uh, also, okay, here's here's a good foray back into the restaurant industry. Um, if you smoke and if you drink excessive amounts of coffee, your aromatic senses are not up to par. Sorry, that's the reality of it. That's the reality of it. Do you agree? I agree. Yeah. I mean. So I used smoking to s- completely destroys all taste buds. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that it could destroys the taste buds, but like everything that goes, I don't remember the the vocabulary for it. But when you actually like, t- when you smell, there's taste buds in like the back of your nose that are like part of your olfactory senses that go into your taste, and that's what that's what actually creates like when you're using stuff that has heavy aromatics in it that's actually what you're getting is you're getting that like ba- I, I, I should have i should look it up but i mean i'm just talk i'm just kind of spitballing it here but so when 
when I quit smoking, it was a completely different world. I mean, it took maybe like two months, and I was like, you know, it's not going to be that big of a difference. Right. I've been doing it. People love my cooking. You know, I build, I build good. You know, I, I build a good dish. Everything's really well balanced, and it was really well balanced. But it was completely different from when I stopped smoking, and so that's just like a that's that's kind of like my hmm. my 2020 TED talk on everybody who's in the industry right now going out smoking a cigarette and then coming but, back. I mean, and tasting let's your talk food. about the majority of the people that are in the service industry that do smoke. I mean, that's no. I mean, there's a lot of people. There's definitely a lot of people, but I think that you just need to recognize it. You need to be aware of it is the most important part because I think that while I was smoking, I wasn't aware of the change in my taste buds. I was thinking that I was tasting the food like somebody who was at the table right? tasting the food. And it's, it's just, that's just not how it is. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like um, when I was at Terzo, you know, we would actually, and you do this a lot of places, but not, not a lot of, not a lot of like non-Italian places do this still. Um, some French places do, but like you, the, the chef was the only one that was like actually flavoring the food because he would, he would balance it with the wine. So he would take a sip of wine and I'm sober. So I couldn't, you know, take a sip of wine. So like I had to kind of like, I had to taste his food. We'd like do it before service. And then I had to remember that taste and use that taste. But he was the one who built it around the wine that they put right. it with. And it was like, you know, that I think is a little bit more subtle, but with smoking, it's not, it's not subtle. Like we just need it. We need to get it out there. We need to tell all the line cooks, like, just re remember what your food tastes like, and the guy who's not smoking on the line, remember what his food tastes like, and then match it to that food. Match your salting. Match you know. Match whatever uh, finishing. Now that's smoking you're doing. anything, like smoking weed. No, because weed, for one, you're not smoking weed as much, right? Like when you smoke a cigarette, you probably smoke what? I smoke probably three or four in a shift. Yeah. I'd I chucked them down. Yeah. I, I would say that, I mean, I don't know the science behind it, but, and, you know, just for everybody out there, I don't smoke either anymore, but I would say that when I did smoke weed, I, I mean, I feel like it enhances your taste buds, oh, right? Yeah. I think that there's certain things in this, in the tobacco that, um, you know, like the chemicals, the I think rat it's poison a lot of the or whatever. Yeah. I think that that actually, um, that chemically changes everything in the back of your mouth. Whereas, whereas the weed, I think it's, you know. The weed. <laughs> I haven't been sober that long, dude. Like, I mean, I guess it's been three years, but I do. I mean, so here's the thing with, uh, with weed is it's mostly one thing. I mean, you're getting a little bit of chlorophyll in there, but it's mostly THC, especially nowadays. It's mm -hmm. like, it's, it's, you have like these Amazing. huge, giant, beautiful, I mean, they're beautiful. Amazing. They're beautiful. Uh, but you ha it's just completely different than it was, I mean, even when I was, oh, even yeah. from four years ago. It's like, I, I see stuff that like, well, it's, you know. The game's changed. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it, and over a long period of time, it's completely unrecognizable from what it used to be. But it, like, seriously, since, even since I stopped, it's like you know you can you can hit one of those wax pens and blow it into the vents so oh, yeah. you're constantly hitting the wax pen and stuff like that i mean it's like you're you're getting such a small amount of vapor whereas with the cigarette smoke you're getting all of this crap you're getting the you're getting the paper you're getting the rat poison you're getting all these chemicals and it's just like you're just washing your tongue and your and like the um the olfactory senses with it over and over and over again throughout the day and you're continually dulling those senses yep yeah, I just want, I don't know. That's, I just thought it'd be a good thing to bring up because it was definitely something that I noticed when I stopped smoking was just the, I don't know, it was, it was like it, my ability to catch something that was oversalted was second to none. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, whereas when I was smoking, it was like you could, you could put too much salt in it. It wouldn't ruin, it wouldn't be, the food wouldn't be ruined, but like the balance would be off. Right. Right? right. And so you'd put a little bit too much salt in, you taste it and you wouldn't know. Sorry, you taste it with a plastic spoon. Yeah. Cuz that's what you do. You use, you have a a, a million, shirt, million shirt pocket of plastic spoons. You don't do it with your finger. Okay? Don't This is we don't do it with our finger, right? That's gross. Yeah, ick. 
Anyways, so uh, I noticed that there was a huge difference, and I just wanted to bring it up. I thought that that's the kind of thing that this podcast is for, to talk about like little cool little things like that in the industry. And I don't think it's talking too much shop. It's kind of getting into the science of the food, and people who go to eat the food, they kind of understand now that you know it's, it's, a, it's a delicate dance. It's super delicate. Even the guys who are just getting into the industry – they're just on the line. They're just grilling a piece of, you know, they're just grilling a steak. You doing know. a salad. Yeah, they're just doing a salad. <laughs> it's like everything is everything is a delicate dance. From from especially the, salads, actually. Yeah, I mean, at the Lexington. Garmage, dude. Dude, <laughs> at the Lexington, the Garmage was ridiculous. I bet at Tria it was pretty crazy too. It was. And the, the higher up you go, the the more intense Garmage gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we had a we had a separate. We had like a separate line lead for our garmage. We had a separate line for garmage yeah. at at Lexington. I mean, and it's it's really delicate stuff, especially when you get into the vinaigrettes, and and you know the different dressings, because just like half a tablespoon too much can p- completely change the the entirety of the dish. Yep. Yeah. So th- I mean, that's it. My my mention of smoking isn't to like go hey stop smoking yeah, because yeah because i i smoked for eight years and you know i think that i personally think and was told many times also by you that my food was very good hmm? it's just i think that it made it that much better when i stopped smoking and if i had realized or like really truly believed that my taste buds were a little bit whack i could have i could have uh, manipulated the food a little bit to, to right. make it more flavorful yep it's it's not even just about more flavor more flavor either it's all about that balance and when when you have anything especially you know some kind of chemical in your body that changes that um it's gonna change a lot yeah well and then okay and that gets us into uh into cocaine a little bit i was just gonna say what about cocaine because i feel like you know you do some blow all your senses are kick ass <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean, yes, and also, like you, I think that, uh, yeah. Let's just not worry about it. We'll do shots. We'll do shots from here and here because we need it. We need to get this episode rolling. Everybody's waiting for the episode <laughs> at home. I mean, I've gotten lots of messages from people at home saying that they're excited. Uh, they're excited to listen to us and they're excited to see what we got. So, just so you guys know, we only have this camera and that camera so um yeah that's going to be the rest of the show we're just going to be you and me we're trucking it out you know we only have half an episode left and i think that people are going to be people are going to be happy with it i think it's fine yeah we don't have to have the wide shot okay so you're not don't expect a wide shot at home no wide shots no wide shots zero uh, there's no more wide shots okay so what were we talking about oh cocaine so uh, here's here's my thing with cocaine is that my senses say it's beautiful my senses were definitely heightened, but also you have the drip in the back of the nose, and that, again, plays into aromatics. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, like, let's say you have – let's just do something real, real simple. So you have, like, a, let, you have a baked pasta, right, and you throw some thyme over the top. That thyme is not going to be in every piece of that pasta, right? Because, like, when, when you build a dish, you want to have, you know, each little piece – has the entirety of the dish in it, right? right. But it, let's say you have a baked pasta, you throw some thyme on top. The thyme is there for an aromatic. So it goes into your nose, you're tasting the thyme through your nose, mm-hmm. and then you eat, the, you eat the pasta as that taste is in the back of your mouth. Right. Now, if you, uh, if you just did a line, you just went to the freezer, turned the fan off, and, and, snor- and snorted a line, right? Been there. Then you, you're going to have that drip in there, and you're not going to smell that thyme. Nope. Even if you have heightened senses, even if you can see beautifully and, you know, there's a little bit of blood flowing down to the, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it, do, it doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter. Like, the actual, like, the physical sense is cut off. It's kind of like having, like, if we had these earphones on. It doesn't matter how well we can hear. Everything outside of this is not going to be hurt. No. So, I mean, that, that, would be my, that would be my comment to cocaine. Uh, so, it's like, and, yeah. that's, and that's why a lot of people... You know, they do other things with the coke, uh-huh. you know, and you, and you, you start to, it's, things start to get dark. Super dark. It starts to get dark. I am an old fashioned coke guy. So, you know, 
Yeah, you're not a connoisseur, is what they call them. They call them a connoisseur. Yeah, I'm, uh, I keep it old school. Yeah, for sure. I don't, you know. Again, okay, so I think I talked a little bit in a previous uh, in, a, in a previous recording, we've had to stop the recording a couple times just because of uh, environmental stuff. But um, you don't have to use drugs to be in the industry. I've been in the industry for, well, now I've been in the industry for like 10 years total and I think a total of five years. So about half of my time, I haven't been using anything. I mean, and I haven't been using anything. And it's been difficult at times. Um, but I, I think that I'm also, I'm, I've gained some good relationships with the, some of the people that I'm with and people respect me and I'm able to uh, continue on making good food in the industry and it doesn't really, it doesn't really affect me not using. Uh, that's not to judge people that are, but uh, if you are having problems with addiction, usually uh, you, end up, you end up not so good. Like if you're an addict like me, uh, I mean, let's just get into it, right? You were you were my boss while I was an addict, right? I was. And uh, at a couple places. Yeah, at a couple places. That, well, that's the first <laughs> thing is that at, at a couple places, right? I mean, because at, at Italian Eatery, like I think I did a good job, but I was constantly going over to Seth, and I'm like, hey man, so are you guys uh, talking about me, man? <laughs> I feel like, I really feel like I know you're talking about, you know. The La Plaza de Sal, but uh, uh, it really sounds like Christos. So why don't you stop talking about me, or I'm gonna burn your fucking house down. Uh, so we left Italian Italianeri, and then we went to bar, and I just straight up didn't. I sent other people in for work. He did. Yeah. Why don't you give a, a little explanation of how that? Do you remember? To be honest, I uh, it was it was a dark time. Yeah. Uh, for both of us. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I remember you sending people in that didn't even work there. No, yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, that, that's, they didn't even work there. Yeah, yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was like, I'm just not going to work today. I remember hey. coming in and being like, who the fuck's this guy? <laughs> Shout out to Micah. Hey, Micah. <laughs> yeah, Micah. <laughs> dude, yeah, Micah. Yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah that uh, guy. Micah's like, sure, dude. I'll, I'll fucking do yeah. it. I was like, I'll pay you 100 bucks. Just go in today. I yep. don't have time to do it today. I remember I have, that guy. I have things to do. Those things involved, you know, uh... They involve drugs, right? So, like, if you're an addict like me, there's really no line between I'm going to do a couple lines and I'm finish out my shift and I'm going to send somebody else into my shift because I have, you know, large, <laughs> l- large, large amounts of, of drugs at my house and I can't really leave it, you know? So, Seth will be cool with it. We're cool. We're cool, man. I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, I ended up bailing on that job by disappeared hopped a plane yeah it was a dark time <laughs> it was, a dark it was time. for sure a dark time and now we're here we're we're here we're doing the podcast um but yeah the point is that um if you are having problems with addiction and you are in the restaurant industry you don't necessarily need to leave the industry you should just seek you should seek an aa meeting you can even call you can even not call me i'm not going to put my uh number on here but you can email us, right? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, email us at uh, minnesotawelldone.com, right? Yep. That's the email? Yep. Yeah, so email us. Uh, I'll give you all the info that you need. Um, and there's great projects like Project Black and Blue that Kate Boerboon of Crap Made Aprons is yep. doing. And, yep. and there's there's a lot it's of support. It's actually a really great one. Yeah, there's a lot of support out there for you. Um, and, you know, you're not alone. I'm definitely... Um, Maybe that's some another thing we'll put on the Patreon is just a little bit more info on on you know my journey in the restaurant industry as someone who's sober because I think it's something that people really really I need. think it's huge yeah because I yeah I mean I don't know if I could yeah I mean yeah. it was hard it's super hard yeah man. it was hard it was hard for a while. I couldn't I the back of house I yeah the amount of stress I it was yeah no I mean for sure that was one thing. Um, I went back when I first went back to work. It was for you, and then I went to the Craftsman, and the Craftsman closed. And then from the Craftsman, I went somewhere else. And then, uh, you know, I was behind bars for a while. And then I started going to um, working for Chad Grant, who I had worked for at Victory Forty Four, and he wanted me to work for him if I was sober. Yep. But working for him was such a stressful environment because he was he was very. I mean, he's an excellent chef. Right, and his food is just excellent, and he wants everything to be excellent, but it's stressful, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, 
it, it was one of those things where we kind of had to like re we had to like re meet each other, right? Because like before, I was like, yeah, you know, you threw a you threw a pan in my direction, or you told me that my food was dog shit, or you threw something out, or you're purposefully messing with me just to make sure that I'm, you know, my I can deal with the stress. Right. Now I'm dealing with it raw. You know, I'm dealing with it raw. I'm, I'm super raw. Yeah, I'm already going through like things like post acute withdrawal, like getting sweaty real easily i've gained all this weight you know and and now i'm i'm dealing with it with this stress too it was hard yeah it yep. was hard but it can be done uh, oh it can totally be done. yeah obviously can, look at you yeah dude i'm here i'm here, <laughs> here. and i'm still in the industry yeah. i'm doing the podcast for the industry but i'm still in these i'm still working the line i'm still making dishes yep. uh you know i was the sous chef at public before it before it closed and you know this isn't going to be a huge biopic on me but I, this is, you know, just I just want to use this kind of as a platform real quick to tell people that are like really super, super struggling, uh, especially if you're a talented chef, email us. Yeah. Because I got, sure. I can give you so much information. And there's so many people that I've worked with that have had like huge drinking problems that when they come around, they're some of the most talented cooks that I've ever worked huge. with. Huge. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Totally for sure. agree with that. Yeah. Well, and so, uh, just on that on that line, did you ever see that episode? It was some Gordon Ramsay has like eleven shows now, but it was some show that Gordon Ramsay was doing, and he was going around. And he was testing the the restaurant for cocaine. Oh no! Have you seen that one? No, I <laughs> no, bet it's so funny. Insane though. It's so funny because you know it, it's everywhere, dude. It's everywhere, man. Everywhere it's, it has completely saturated the everywhere. community, and I mean it's saturated a lot of industries, right? You you watch documentaries on like the eighties and like in Miami and stuff like that. It's I mean, I worked in Florida. I worked in oh, Florida yeah, for right, dude. almost 10 years. In the Keys, right? Uh, Fort Lauderdale. And oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, St. Pete area. Yeah, I mean, that's got to be wild. Oh, dude, it's it insane. Wild. And, I mean, Fort Lauderdale, I was actually in the back of house. So I was, I was yeah. cooking. Yeah. So, you know, the other side, I was bartending. So which... you were having fun. <laughs> you were having a good time. It was, dude, it's my early 20s. You know? Oh, yeah. Were you doing, like, a taxi thing down there, too? Um, yeah, I picked up some taxi. I, I had a, I had a, a problem. Yeah. So I needed to make as much money as possible. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. No, okay. yeah. Woo, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> I have a, a shout out to Kyle. You're uh, selling your house in Oregon and you're buying a house in Florida. Good job, bud. Yeah, no. You're Good making, call. Making great life decisions. No, I'm, I'm kidding, dude. I know you're going to love it. I know you have family down there. Well, Florida's great. Florida is great. And I just want to say, everybody, um, that uh, Seth is rolling a tobacco cigarette right now. I don't know what the rules are on YouTube about what we can put on and what we can't. So I just want to make sure that everybody knows that it's tobacco. In the ci- well, it is, though. I mean, you keep doing that. <laughs> keep doing that face, but that's what it is, right? That's what it is. Yes. Okay. All right. All right. Here we go. Yeah. We're going to make it through the first episode without getting canceled, I promise. Maybe. Or sued. Maybe by Toma, but that's okay. I love Toma. I, no, I mean, I do I mean, too. I just, I can't. He's just the cutest little guy. Just usually his hand is on my shoulder and it's like. Super cute guy. Yeah, he just comes out of nowhere. Um, yeah, let's see. What have him. Oh, okay. No, I want to talk about this Gordon Ramsay episode because um, it, it talks about a, a couple other things that we're going to get into. So Gordon Ramsay goes around his restaurant and he has this like, he has some kind of like cloth that turns blue when it touches, you know, whatever a surface that right, has right. had cocaine on it. Right. And you know, he, he finds some, uh, like in the, in the bathrooms that the, that are used by the customers. And he's like, he's like, Oh, well, that's not good. You know, all customers are using cocaine, right? And I'm like, you're so, you're so full of bullshit, right? And then he gets to, he gets to the work rest, the work restroom, and he's just like, he's just like scrubbing the walls. It's just like bright blue on the cloth. He's like, this is unacceptable. This is unacceptable. I'm like, you think that Gordon Ramsay, that Gordon Ramsay has never done that, right? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, so I read, I read Gordon's book. Uh, the first one that he came out with, and I don't remember the name for it. I had it written down somewhere, but I read. I actually listened to his book because he narrated it, and he talks about how he has. Uh, it was probably pretty good if he narrated it. It was. It was fantastic, dude. It was fantastic. He talked about how how he got into. Um, well, both got into the industry, but also like doing his first show, and why it was like such. Why he was so angry throughout the whole thing, because you know chefs get angry like Ramsey does 
all the time. They get like that all the time. That's not, you know, out of the ordinary. But he was like that on that show because he went into the show thinking that he was going to get people who wanted to be chefs. And, you know, he was going to get people who knew what they were doing. And he was actually running an actual restaurant. Right. And then they just gave him reality TV stars, basically, or people who wanted to, like, get rich off reality TV. So, like, they're, you know, they're giving him pushback. And he's just like, yeah, fuck you. You fucking, (laughs) yeah, yeah, I'll come back there. I think it's great. It's super entertaining. It is super entertaining. My, uh, My cousin actually worked for Hell's Kitchen behind the camera. Yeah. Um, she did. Uh, in the she beginning? was a producer. She was a producer for season seven, eight, oh, nine or something. Seven, eight, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. This, he was talking about season one. Oh, okay. And he was like, he said he was completely blindsided by the whole thing. It did. Like he, because he just expected <laughs> it to be. fuck show. Yeah. He expected it to be like, oh, these guys are going to come in and they're going to say yes, chef. And they're going to say oh, her. Right. And it's like, you know, it's Derry from the Keys, yeah. you know, who's like, I don't want to do that. You can't make me do that. I mean, it's just like. Fucking Keys. Yeah, absolutely. Love- and this is a guy who was taught by Marco Pierre White. Yeah. I mean, talk about an absolute nutcase. Now, you, I'm sorry. Do you like Marco Pierre White? Um, so How do you feel about him? I, I mean, he's obviously he's retired now, right? Um, I, whenever I think of him, I always think of his iconic photo with his cigarette, right? And that's kind of that's know. all you think about. That's you think all I think about. You think about the image. I, I think about the image. Yeah, and that you know, I feel like a lot of young cooks back in the day. That was they saw that picture and they're like, "Fuck yeah, yeah, I'm gonna do this. Yeah, I'm gonna be that guy. I'm gonna be that guy. Yeah." And you that's that what my sense. biggest thing is. To be brutally honest, I mean, that guy's history is amazing. No, yeah, I mean for he's sure. an amazing. He's what the youngest Michelin. Yeah, he was. The, yeah, yeah, at uh, at Heartland, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I mean. To be brutally honest, he's fantastic. I just that one image bothers me so much, and I, I brought it up to you before. Like it's what just, image? What image? The one image you're just talking about, or the mm-hmm. or another one? No, that image. It bothers you. Yeah, I just don't like it. Yeah, I don't like it because I feel it gives it. A, I don't know if it's necessarily. It's just kind of like a. It looks dark. It does look dark. It's, I mean, it's one of those things. Like I feel like. I don't know. It was portrayed back then like cooking wasn't. It was just kind of shit. So here's you want to know how I feel about it. Here's how I feel about it. Um, He was. It was like a bad boy image. It was. It was like a rock star image. Yeah. And while that I think kind of uh, careened some people towards the industry, it also really it doesn't signify what you're actually going to go through in the industry the industry is hard work it's hard work i mean fucking way hard this is one thing that i'm excited to talk to jack about because jack is like he's he's ancient right well he's not ancient but he's older right well he's been in the business forever and he's still in the business doing like 90 hour weeks you know, Incredible. it's not a rock star. It's not a rock star game. Now, no. rock stars have to work hard. Don't get me wrong. You know, but it's the most people in the industry do not make anything like a rock star salary, even if you're owning restaurants, even oh, if, right. if you're an executive chef. And it's just not it's it's not like that. You don't get to be a rock star. You have to be absolutely disciplined at all times or your food is going to be garbage garbage straight garbage sorry your food's gonna be garbage dude i don't want to hear you know like yeah i just you know i came in hungover. oh you're hungover. well great great i'm excited <laughs> to work with you for you know 11 hours on a line where we have to yeah. we have to do four turns of 400 people but get out of here dude yeah no way so i think that's that's part of my issue with that image yeah is that it kind of just misrepresented just me of the jim industry. morrison kind of yeah dude like you know like Dude, take a shirt off, bro. Yeah. Where's no, the I guitar? Agree. I agree. You know, I agree. that's my biggest thing. Other than that, though, I think he's great. Here's my okay. So here's my thing. When I also when I read Ramsey's book, he talks about the way that Pierre White, um, the way that Pierre White operated, right? And Pierre White was much more egocentric and much more focused on his career and his accomplishments and sometimes you have to do that to do great things and i'm totally Mm -hmm. i'm totally for that my problem with pierre white is that the people that can't yeah i don't know what happened 
Uh, another another we're, anyway. s- we're still learning the technology it's fine um but yeah so my problem with pure white is like so if you look at, at what gordon ramsay has accomplished right really ultimately Go- ramsay has accomplished more than him and oh, yeah and what ramsay continues to talk about is the people that work for him the sous chefs that he brought up and are now executive chefs and have michelin stars and i really think that that is what uh ramsay's legacy is more about whereas pure white is you know now now he's old and retired and still all you think about when you think about Pierre White it's a lot most people don't even know that Gordon Ramsay worked for Pierre White oh right and and that's my issue with him I don't dislike him I just think you know I think Gordon Ramsay had some good things to say because Pierre White would manipulate people and he'd try to ruin people's careers that were talented just so that he could continue to have not necessarily the spotlight but the intention on his on his ego and, and on his accomplishments right and i think that's terrible which brings back the whole fucking photo yeah yeah so i mean that's 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 where we kind of like go full circle with pierre white where yeah he he is he's this genius and he's he did these things when he was like amazing barely at you know he's barely an adult not really even an adult and he's doing this, these crazy things and you need to be a genius to do that and we give you credit for that but at the same time when it comes down to the end of the day what what is the next generation doing because of you and you can say that gordon ramsay is doing what he's doing because of pierre white but it's really not i mean really just the way that the story worked out that's not how it was doing right. pierre white did everything that he could to kind of just like knock ramsay out, out yep. of the race and so um i i don't know i just appreciate going down to the level of we're going to take care of the people underneath us well, we're going to raise the youth that's the whole you know? point of it yeah you know I I, I I believe that the restaurant business is it's about camaraderie yeah you, you are a pirate ship yeah and that pirate ship isn't just one person yeah you go down if one person goes down you all go down right so you know no stand that pirate ship no i agree i i like the pirate ship metaphor because mm-hmm. it's like you know, it, we're it, a bunch it, of pirates. Yeah, it is. It's definitely a lot of outcasts and a lot of you know people who don't necessarily fit into other industries, but they're still uh, very intelligent people, hardworking oh, people. Yeah. But they're on the same side. They are. And if you're not on the same side, then it just becomes absolute chaos. It does. And everybody, you know, everybody is taken out of the industry, and you you get you know basically food deserts is what you get. Mm-hmm. You know, we and so. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh, that's that's my issue with Pierre White. Yep. That's my issue with Pierre White. And it you know it goes to, into I don't want to get talk too much about Anthony Bourdain today. Uh, no, uh, yeah. We can talk. There's, we can talk lot. about him on another time. But in in reference to Pierre White, it's like when when Anthony Bourdain died, I think that the problems of Pierre White's image really started to um, really started to resonate with me because it's like he's. Bourdain was all about like getting away from oh yeah being the bad boy and he couldn't do it he couldn't at all he couldn't he couldn't at all and I think it I think the industry failed him is really what it I did I do too um and and I that, mean Anthony Bourdain I we'll have a special episode for yeah, Bourdain yeah we we so definitely I, will. I don't even want to talk about it yeah because he's yeah yeah but I mean I'm but he is he's in the same conversation as as these people I think. oh yes so that that's just like you look at pierre white's picture where he's you know he's looking all badass and you you read white heat and you're like oh my gosh this guy's yeah. so flashy and he's so right, awesome right. and like while that is enticing and i think that it does good things for the industry you also have to have somebody who's caring mm-hmm. and somebody who is a good leader yeah. And by a good leader, I don't mean that, that you're a successful leader. I mean that you actually care for the people that are working Succe- under you. It doesn't, yeah, no. You know? I totally agree with that. Yeah. And I'm not a I mean, that's how you're supposed to lead your kitchen anyway. For sure. I and mean, that's how I led mine. Yeah. And I'm still here, dude. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. I love you. So. Yeah. All right, dude. I mean, I think that we made a, a pretty darn good episode. Let's see where we're at. I think so, too. Yeah, dude. I think, I think that we're at the hour mark. Nice. Um... I think that's what we're going to do for today. Um, yeah. I want to thank everybody at home for listening. Um, tune in next week, Monday. Yeah, Monday. Um, we're going to have an episode. Uh, our first guest, Jack Rebel, is going to be on. He will We're going to have him. So he's he. Um, if you don't know, if you're not aware, Jack Rebel has a lot of um, health issues. Well, he has one health issue one. right now. Um, and he's, so it's been, it's been in the news and he talks about it pretty openly and publicly. So we'll just say it. 
he's you know he's got some pretty intense cancer and he's going through chemotherapy and with everything going on with covid right now he you know he's on like super quarantine yep so what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna zoom meeting with him so you'll have um you'll have our faces over uh the cameras like usual and then we're gonna have him on you know on a separate screen on zoom and we're gonna we're gonna have a hour-long interview with him i'm super excited about it very exciting to tune in so um tune in next monday and you'll see jack and uh yeah thanks guys but yeah this, thank you guys this has been this has been awesome man it has I mean, I'm so excited to be doing this. I'm so, ex- you know, there's lots of people who are messaging me, uh, excited about the show, excited about what we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. They're excited that we're going to bring the industry to, to people's eyes, yep. you know, like like we did on this show, I think. Um, and th- and then the people who aren't in the industry, they're just excited to, to have s- another medium. Yeah, because there's not a lot going on. There's not with, at all. Like, with, with food. I mean, there's, there's Minneapolis-St. Paul Magazine. Um, they do. The they eater. do. Little, yeah, I mean, there's, but it's all print. It's all and, print, and it's it's not uh, it's not very it's not very inside or in depth. It's yep. very. We're gonna review this food, and it's the same format over and over again. And we're hoping to bring a little bit new, a little bit of a new format to the to the front. Yeah. All oh, right, yeah. dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Woo! Here we go. All right.